Hey guys, this is Rico. And this is Jess. And we're the hosts of the Always the Critic podcast, and we're here to announce something that has been in the works for some time. We started a Patreon. Yay! (laughs) Super exciting. So we've been podcasting for quite some time, since 2018. And first off, we want to thank each and every person who has listened to our show over the years. The Patreon is a way for you guys to get involved and show your support. If you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. With the Patreon, our goal is to keep expanding and improving the quality and quantity of the content. Your donations are invaluable to us, and luckily, your pledge means you'll also get access to exclusive content and more. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Thanks again for listening and being part of our movie adventure. I'm Rico. And I'm Jess. And without further ado, here's our episode. You want to move over to TV? Uh, sure. So... Yeah, this was this was interesting. We are obviously a movie podcast, but yeah. I mean, you watch your fair TV. I've watched my fair share of TV. Um, so I, I guess a question that I would ask is: Is there a movie, or I'm sorry, a TV show? See, I'm I'm so used to saying. I movie. know, I know, it's weird. Um, has there ever been a TV show that you saw in its entirety? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Number one, yes. <laughs> okay. So that I and I have two, but I think the better question would be, have you seen it in its entirety while it was airing? Oh, um the uh, it's hard to say because my TV journey is probably really different from your TV journey. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I mean, for instance, one of the shows that I've seen in its entirety is Lost. Mm. But I got on the Lost wagon after the fact. It had already been airing for a few years, had a few seasons under its belt, and I think me and my family started watching it the season it was the season finale like that last season season. so and this was back when netflix was sending you movies in the mail and so we requested lost uh dvds in the mail from netflix and that's how we were watching the lost series um until it started airing live for the season finale and that's when we picked up and finished watching lost wow Oh man, um, I have never done that part of or like doing it through disc and following it that way. Okay, I've never done it that way. Really? No, um, because a lot of the shows that I grew up with that I caught up with later on after the fact, uh-huh. uh huh, were, and this is I'm talking about before Netflix, so like you couldn't just go on and stream, uh, was usually watching like a marathon of them yeah they would give a marathon yeah and so like it would be in syndication already uh-huh. and you would just start watching a marathon on tbs or whatever it right, was right and that's how they would do it like they would start with the very first episode and they would just run like an entire weekend 
straight of like that show. And so what I would do is I would record um vhs yes like the times that i wasn't watching it so i could go back and watch it absolutely so yeah things like that so like i remember doing that with seinfeld i remember doing that uh i did a little bit with friends okay early on like yeah friends gets a lot of crap and it deserves it, especially after season five. See, after that, it's just a train wreck of a show. So, fun little side note on Friends. I never watched a single episode of Friends, but I knew about Friends growing right. up. And I remember my parents saying, oh, I think I was just, just like hanging out in their room and they were like folding laundry or something. And everything kind of came to a standstill because they were like, oh, the series finale of friends is on so we have to watch it and i remember them putting it on and i was sitting on the floor just watching the series finale of friends and like i did, had no con- i knew the characters but i had no connection no idea what was right. going on but it was a moment in like our collective history when everyone was tuning into the same thing and was really invested in the end of a tv show just like mm-hmm. i'm sure yeah i didn't see the end of seinfeld when it aired but you know, it seems like the same thing happened. People were like stopping what they were doing to watch this series finale, like the of this show, beloved show. So now, you know, during quarantine, I was like visiting my parents, and my grandmother loves Friends, mm. loves Friends, and so yeah. I was watching episode after episode with her, and I can confidently say I. <laughs> hate friends <laughs> fair enough I, I hate friends I, I do not laugh I find none of the comedy good um the storylines are like not good at like nothing about it was up my alley at all <laughs> no no and that's totally fair um I I can't say I can't sit here and say I never liked friends I I actually did like friends back I I I was catching it live, well, live, like after like like season six on. Oh. I was catching it live. Before that, like I had you know done marathons, syndication, yeah, reruns, all that. Uh, I would still say that the first like few seasons, like first four seasons of Friends, is actually a really good show. Hmm. Like there's like good comedic bits. There's this entire thing about their Thanksgiving episodes are very famous. And they're very yeah. famous for a reason. And it's because they know exactly how to put the laughs in an environment where it's just the six of them. They're not yeah. off doing their own things like, you know, a story A over here, story B over here. No, like when the six of them are together yeah, and they're like trying to come up with a story for the six at the same time. Yeah, that's when it really works. Um, I can see so, that. yeah. So, so that's a show that I watch like kind of. But like the shows that I truly watch – live for its entirety i would say hannah montana is really close for me i think Uh, i think i missed maybe a few episodes but i remember i remember staying on top of hannah montana episodes when they were airing and i remember watching the pilot oh the pilot episode and you know kind of thinking hey this is pretty good i think they're gonna keep going with this and of course they did you know yes keep going yes, they did. with hannah montana and now we have 
the enigma that is Miley Cyrus. But um, I, I think Hannah, maybe that's a raven. You know, I was kind of like in oh, that wow. phase okay. of Disney kid, Disney Channel kid. Um, I mean, there's a, so many shows that I just drop off watching because mm. I don't believe in bad seasons of shows. I gotcha. To me, that's like as good as a sequel because, you know, if the first season is so great, they're going to green light a second season, a sequel, and everyone is going to compare it to the first season. It doesn't matter if everyone died at the end of the first season and they come back and they get a whole new cast. It's going to be compared to the first season. And to me, if you have a bad season, I will 100% stop watching and I will not come back for future seasons that might be universally and critically like amazing friday night lights friday night lights is a great example because i want on your recommendation i watched friday night lights season one Mm -hmm. and i loved it it was great perfect season and then you said caveat Season two is a bit of a downer. Not very good season at all. It was a writer's strike and all this stuff. And I said, okay, here's the deal. If I get into season two and I find that I agree with you, I will not be pushing through and like muddling through shitty episodes to get to good episodes. It doesn't work like that. Like for me, I, you failed. It's like you're done. Why do you get to have a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance or a fifth chance? Like, let it die <laughs> so and yet they bounced back from that so what happened like was created an amazing i show. got into season two right yeah it was shite and i dropped that like a bag of hot nickels i did not go back to any subsequent <laughs> um seasons of friday night lights and i i'm sorry but like no you know what i'm saying no, I understand. It's just, I mean, you just, ha- you and I have two different philosophies on on shows. So, like, you you have that stance. Like, if if it gets to the point where anything, pretty much, if it starts, if it getting starts bad, getting bad, if it starts getting stagnant, just, if they start spinning their wheels, if they can't seem to get any f- sound footing, if the narrative flounders, if they recast somebody, I'm. I'm out like I will see myself out because there is no sense in me wasting my time. I hate wasting my time on a bad show. And it's like, what do you mean? There's two seasons that are shit and I have to trudge through them to understand what happens later when they haven't earned it. Like, why would I sit there through that? So and that's I, my big. Right. That's thing. your philosophy on yeah. that. My philosophy is. Uh, I think that a story, if if the writers have an ending in mind, like I think there can be moments where maybe the writing is not up to snuff to some of the stuff that they've had before, but I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to to let it get to its destination mm-hmm. because it could be that on its way to its destination it finds its right footing again and then it just off to the races to its mm-hmm. destination which it, the in the example we're talking about the only exception is anthology shows like twilight zone or or even seinfeld because 
each episode is kind of its own self-contained. Like you yeah, need to they, know mildly what these characters are about, and then you don't. There's no like through line that you have to follow. Each episode is its own thing. Right. Well, that's the thing about comedies and dramas. That's the mm-hmm. difference. Yeah. Comedies can sitcom. live on its own. <laughs> yeah, it's a sitcom. They can live on their own in one episode or even like a mini arc of three episodes yeah. where they're dealing with the same topic. They can live on their own. Dramas don't really follow that. Dramas, American dramas, I want to distinguish that. Yes. Is that there is a through line for the entire season and then on top of that, there is a through line for what the vision is of the show. Right. So uh, so with a drama, I'm willing to be just a little bit more lenient because of the fact that there is a through line that is working from the beginning to the end of the season uh-huh. and that there's a through line through multiple seasons on dramas most of the time. Which is why with Friday Night Lights, <laughs> I came – I came into it after the fact, so I can't even say like this was during the time. But the fact that I heard season two has its problems, but they get right back to the same thing as season one in season three, and just the show never looks back. Like in terms of, it never takes a step down. Uh-huh. Like it, it, it's able to maintain its momentum from season one. Like after it comes back from that season two dip. Like I, it put me hope. I was like, okay, I'll I'll do it. I'll mm-hmm. I'll get through it because I You're love season one so it. much. Yeah, I love season one so much that I was thinking, you know what? If season two is a bit of a slog, I can find some of the moments that I like in the in the season. Maybe not all of it works. You do. You just give it the benefit of the doubt. You I really give it the do. benefit of the doubt, and then season three picked right back up, and it was like, damn! Like I I wish that writer strike had never happened, because okay. then you know you, they could have crafted something better. Yeah. Uh, so with dramas, I'm, I'm a lot more lenient on that. Sitcoms, no. Sitcoms, you got to get me laughing. Yeah. You got to get me laughing. You got to get me to like the characters within one or two episodes. Oh, like absolutely. You, you don't have forever on a no. sitcom. If not, you know, deuce. So that's why I rarely invest my time in Western TV shows. Ever. Nowadays, because I am so used to the um, the Asian, specifically like Korean TV show model, which is you get 16 to 20 episodes and an hour piece and you're done. Like the entire show is wrapped within 20 episodes and you don't return for a season two. You rarely get a season two with these characters and if it's good, it's good. And if it's bad, it's bad. And I just love that model where you're in and out like within a few weeks, like a couple months. And then, you know, no harm, no foul. It's only 16 hours of your life. You don't have nine seasons of a single show and maybe four out of the nine are great. Like it just doesn't, they don't do that. That Totally fair. I, I understand. Uh, the American model is definitely different from the Asian model in terms of that. Um, the Asian model is very similar to the Hispanic model with their soap operas. Absolutely. Where they run like three months and they're done. And that's that's it. That's it. You don't have to come back for It's not a Days of Our Lives scenario where you have a years-long uh, saga of a single show, let alone like... 
some seasons of of dramas or TV shows mm-hmm. that last for years and years. Like take Supernatural. That show has been running for over a decade. It I is, think they're in like sixteen. The season sixteen. I believe. Like, that's I believe crazy. 16. That's insane. You know what it is about those shows though is that they create characters that people want to spend time with. People want to spend time like that hour or whatever it is. They love seeing what those characters are going to be up to, what they're what they're dealing with in that hour. And there's a comfort, I think, mm-hmm. in in finding that hey, this is a staple of of my television watching like these characters here are people that I can rely on that they're there that there's new antics there's new situations but those characters are there I, I think right. that's that's the stasis of the American TV watching mm-hmm. where it, it all is based off of the team TV model of old where it was seasons would start in September and they would end in May they would have their Christmas break they were sweeps weeks, which would happen in October and in May, which was a way of getting sponsors to pay up more money for ads. That's why you would always see the biggest guest stars like at the same time, mm. like during a week in May and October. It's like all of a sudden on Friends, Robin Williams and Billy Crystal are on an episode together, you know, so like that right. really happened, by the way. Um <laughs> And or another episode, Julia Roberts was a guest star. Like they got Julia Roberts at the height of her fame Mm. um, during sweeps week. It was like, you know, stuff like that. Um, So it's all based on the TV model. And I think now we're kind of exploring something kind of new in terms of like bursts of seasons, but really short seasons Mm -hmm. instead of like the really long 23 episodes per season type of thing. Yes, they're shortening like. Stranger Things is what? Ten. Ten episodes. Ten episodes. In and out. They release it all at once. You're done within a weekend. Mm -hmm. I personally am not a big fan of that model. Mm. If if it's a good show, I'd rather let it breathe. Right. I, I, I want to have like that weekly experience of, okay, I just saw the episode. I want to talk with people about the episode. <laughs> I want to think about what could happen in the next episode. But with the way streaming has changed things, yes, like nobody can almost nobody could be on the same page about the show. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's that really hard. To, experience is hard to get. When like you're the last streaming. true thing that we had that was a collective experience weekly was Game of Thrones. I would say mm-hmm. in terms of TV. Yeah. Um. You know, so there was like this anticipation that would build week after week. Um, And, you know, you don't really get that because everybody is switching to that model of we're going to release them all at once. Mm. You know, well, actually, you know what? I lied. The last collective experience that I felt was with the Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. That because they were doing the weekly thing. They were like the episodes come out Friday. Yeah. And so you have an entire weekend to watch it and then the rest of the week everybody's kind of like talking about it there were memes about it for weeks (laughs) baby yoda just everywhere i'm in that (laughs) but think about something like stranger things season three got released on july 4th by july 7th everyone was done and the conversation was over 
Mm. No matter how good it was, the conversation's done. Mm-hmm. We're moving on to the next thing. So for me, this is just a personal thing. I kind of like the old model of – I like the mix of both. The old model where it was a weekly thing, but I do like the shortened down seasons because it, it allows you to not have anything that seems filler. Mm-hmm. Like everything is direct and down to the point. So those are – that's, that's what I like about TV. Good. I okay. So to combat that, I have you know watched shows both ways, especially now on streaming where you can get you know the creators have a choice. Like you can release it one episode at a time, one per week, or you can release everything all at once. And for right. me, watching foreign dramas, I've done it both ways. Where I've been like, oh okay, they're going to release the episode on Friday. I get a new episode every Friday. I'm there. I'm going to see it on Friday. And then I've also, you know just binge through an entire show that's available to me right away because it already aired. And to me, I feel like I grasped the story and the through lines and kind of the macro view of the show way better when I watch it all at once, when I just binge something or I don't have to wait for episodes because to me, personally i feel like i lose threads of narrative and threads of plot line easily because i just have a bad memory and so when you when i watch a show week to week there's a high chance that i've forgotten large parts of the show mm. and you know cameos and people that come up that are important later and i'm like who is that again? Like, I just don't remember what episode I first saw that character. Why are they here? And to that end, I prefer binging versus the other model, which you're a proponent of because, right. you know, also foreign dramas, I'm watching it here in the United States. Like there is no conversation of, like there is no cultural like experience or zeitgeist or pop culture surrounding what I'm watching. So it don't, I don't give a flying rat's shit. If anyone else watched it at the same time that I did, like I am experiencing this on my own and on my own time. And personally, because of, you know, how my memory and how I function, I like watching everything all at once. Not to say I'm watching 16 hours of television in one sitting. I'm just saying I'll watch two episodes here. The next day I'll catch three. Next day I'll catch 30 minutes. You know, that sort of thing really works for me. And I... Yeah tend to appreciate shows and maybe even drop off shows that are bad quicker that way because I'm not like waiting for the next episode hoping it's going to get better like there's no pressure the pressure take is taken off that way as well so another thing in terms of at least being a proponent of what I'm what I suggest and it's uh, two things number one uh, I understand your dilemma of not having a community to really engage with when you're watching a show because you're usually watching a show that doesn't really have a community here which yes right which so, is part of the reason why i do debak reviews on our site as well which is probably the only tv that you can find on a site right is me reviewing foreign dramas <laughs> yeah because it's your way of being able to find a community to talk about right it. Yeah. As well, as opposed to me, like I do invest when I do invest in TV, it is mostly in American shows. Mm-hmm. So there is some type of community that surrounds them. And 
in my personal way, like when I watch a show and I'm in, and I'm into it, I will read stuff about it. You know, I will read critiques about it. I'll read recaps about it. I will like engage in that right. way along the week as a way of like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Oh, I didn't view that. Or, oh, like, oh, this person thought exactly what I was thinking when I saw that moment, uh-huh. you know, like little things like that. And that helps me stay connected for the next week. Yeah. Um, also on top of that, the other reason why I like the being able to watch it weekly is because then you can kind of do a thing throughout the week of you have your shows that are <laughs> yeah. coming on throughout you get a, the week. A viewing schedule. Variety. Exactly. You get a variety of shows that you can kind of look forward to during the week and it's like, oh, Wednesday night is this, Friday night is that, Sunday night is this. Yeah. And, you know, so you don't spend your entire week just focusing on just one show and waiting for that one show. All yeah. of a sudden, Wednesday night, it's like, oh, this show comes on. Yeah. You know, then I can engage with that one for a little while. Then, you know, like little things like that is is I, my proponent. That's why. I like, liked it when I had a community. And by community, I mean like a family, you know, watch party, essentially. Yeah. When I was still living with my parents. And we would watch TV shows all together as a family. And I remember catching the first season of like Once Upon a Time. And that was like me, my mom, and my sister would watch that show. Yeah. And I I think that show came out Sunday nights. Yes, it was a Sunday so night show. It was a Sunday night show and I never like, saw we it, knew but yeah. that every Sunday night we would we would watch Once Upon a Time live. Um so that's I like that but only when you have people to watch it with. Like I don't know. Right. No, no, I totally understand that part. Even like, when I do like catch a show that's airing live, I'm always like it comes out Friday. I'm Friday's not I might not be able to watch a Friday like I'll probably watch it next Wednesday like who knows right so it's still not like a viewing like a schedule to view it but I don't know I don't know like I'll give you an example of two different shows so one of them was uh Breaking Bad Mm. Breaking Bad uh i got into it in season two so i didn't start it at the very beginning but i started in season two it's it's a weekly show from amc that show felt like appointment television like it felt like i have to be home sunday night at 9 p.m to watch this show if not Uh i will be left behind like Mm. the conversation will start right after the show Mm -hmm. people will start talking People will start texting you. People yeah. will start doing stuff. That's how I felt about Walking Dead for a long time. Walking Dead was another Walking way. Dead for four. Longer than I wanted to. Four seasons, four or five seasons. And yeah, longer than I wanted to. Because by the time I jumped off that wagon, I was like, I didn't even stick around for like the season finale. I was like, I'm done. Just right, right here. This is as far as I go. Right. Um, but but uh, the when other. it was airing and I was into it, it was like it was that. Appointment. Like, I yeah, have it was appointment. to watch it. You have to watch point. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the flip side, a show that I watched from the very beginning doesn't mean that I watched it at the ex- at 9 p.m. on Thursdays every day. Sometimes I watch it the next day or that weekend would be something like 30 Rock. 30 uh, Rock for me was a weekly show. I loved watching it, but doesn't mean that I had to sit there at 9 p.m. on a Thursday and watch <laughs> it. Like I could just TiVo it. 
that's an old term, uh, DVR it and watch it the next day or watch it on Saturday, whatever. What about Saturday Night Live? Saturday Night Live from... You're so... it Like, you're just like, oh. <laughs> that's... That one... I think that uh, for a good portion of time, I would watch it live. I would watch Saturday Night Live live because there's just that... Mm, being in the moment of watching it, especially with something live, the conversation then starts happening at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, things start getting either tweeted or texted to each other. Uh, the next morning, people are talking about a certain clip or a certain scene that happens. Um, recently, I found myself watching it the next day mm. uh, instead of watching it. Like sometimes like I'll start it, but then I'll just go to bed and then watch the rest of it the next day. Like, stuff like that, like, it still has an important hold for me, but not to the point where, okay, I'm okay with leaving part of it left unwatched until the next day or whatever. Right. I can can live with that. But there's certain shows that I just would not treat that way. Like, I think this is a good example, and it, it would lead to this question. What's the best TV show you've ever seen? Um, jeez. Ugh, I'm trying to think of um, Western ones. What What's your answer? Uh, I do have, I have two answers. Uh, the first one I mentioned was 30 Rock. Uh, 30 Rock is the best comedy I've ever seen. Like, okay. Yeah, full stop. Full okay. stop. Best cool. comedy I've ever seen. Um. I just think that it was so invented, inventive while being dumb at the same time. Like it, it knew how to straddle that line of being really smart and really stupid. Like right. they knew how to make people laugh. They, they, the way they just turned on the joke machine and just like in a span of 30 seconds, you would have almost 30 jokes just stacked one on top of another. Sometimes jokes would be, two or three meanings in one and so and that's something i watched every single week for seven seasons uh but really the best show i've ever seen and i was watching it live it i would say it's mad men mad men is an amazingly written amazingly performed show like i have (laughs) rewatched the show couple of times uh because i think that it is one of the smartest shows that has ever been created i I think that it is very uh accurate to the time that it portrays it portrays the 1960s and the uh the change that happens that happened in america at that time you know we have the civil rights movement we have the uh, feminist movement and the way it portrays the workplace, it starts off in a very like male dominated, centered, you know, they can get away with anything type of thing. Mm-hmm. And the way the show morphs and shows the growth of certain characters, in particular, uh, Peggy, who is the secret protagonist of that show. Um, that show, yes, everybody knows it's like John Hamm, Don Draper is like the one on the covers. He's the one on the posters. He, he pretty much is the star of the show. But the show, if you were to like really dissect it, P- 
Peggy is the main protagonist of that show and showing how she came into a male-dominated workforce and carved out her own path Mm. and became, you know, not only a copywriter, but then like a head copywriter and in a time where women weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't allowed to do that. You know, I, I put that in quotation marks. But she she carves out a path. And it's a story that I just love going back to because I love seeing the growth of characters. I love seeing characters deal with like an inner turmoil that these characters deal. Like there's an entire facade that they put on just the way like they do with advertising because the show is about a group of advertisers. They put a facade to sell a product and this show is them selling themselves as well when in reality, if you look at the problems and the issues that they go through, like it's just pain or it's just, you know, very tough things to go through. But just it was a worthwhile trip while I was watching it. I like that. I really you still haven't convinced me to watch Mad Men, but you started it, right? I started it. I started it. I couldn't get into it. Um, To answer your question, I think Seinfeld. Seinfeld might be the best show. I mean, it's 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 a great show. Like I, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you it's not. It's so good. It really is so good and so friggin' funny and great characters. And I think there's something to be said for characters that are unlikable but likable at the same time god this is a group of people that this is a group of people that is just the most selfish crew that you could ever imagine living in new york and the shit that they encounter every day and the shit that they dish out and take and it's it's a show about nothing and it's a show about everything and the comedy is really really good um you know so i think i'd have to say seinfeld personally i can't speak on a drama like i know you gave out a sitcom and a drama and to yeah. me i think i just stop at sitcom because i haven't found a you know i'm a bit of a goldilocks here and i just haven't found that you haven't found that perfect drama for for me in western tv so Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally understand. Um, I just mean, at so- one point it would have been Walking Dead. At another point it would have been Lost. And I think those shows founder for different reasons. And so I can't like right. put on my, Like uh, for people who are probably wondering, I, I have not, the reason why I never mentioned it, I have not seen The Sopranos. So I can't sit here and tell you like it's one of the greatest. Although... Everyone who watches it swears by it. So I, I can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, that's one of the greatest shows. I've never seen it. So mm. uh, maybe if I've seen it, maybe my answer would have been differently. Maybe. Yeah. Same um, thing with Breaking Bad. People love Breaking Bad. I've seen a couple episodes. Never called to me. Never yeah, called to me. I understand if it doesn't call People to you. People love drug-related I, dramas. Well, yeah, that's like fair Narcos, enough. Stumbing and uh, Ozark and... yeah. There's a like, lot of those type of shows right this now. This is not my cup of tea. And so right. if I try it, I just like end up saying no. Right. Ba- oh, uh, back to Seinfeld. Something that Seinfeld kind of like really brought to the forefront was the label of certain things. Like 
the close talker, the low talkers, yes. the soup Nazi. Well, every episode the, is named like that. Yeah, the, every the single jacket, one. The jacket, the this, the that, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the virgin, the the bet. The, yes. You know, like, there's so many things that that show had put into the lexicon of just <laughs> modern pop culture. Yeah. That yeah. I think there's people right now younger than us who probably didn't go through Seinfeld or have never gone through Seinfeld who have heard of things and don't know where it's from, and it mm. turns out it is from Seinfeld. Right. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, so I don't know if you've come to this point ever, uh, but I've started getting to this point where I don't go out and start recommending just anything to everyone oh, anymore. Oh, I never do. I've I never used to, done that. <laughs> I used to be the type where I would say like, for example, with like Mad Men, oh, Mad Men is one of the best shows. You got to watch it. Or with comedies, you know, I would say, oh, 30 Rock, it's like one of the best comedies ever. You have to watch it. Mm. I don't do that anymore. I used to do it because, you know, sometimes I would just want other people to experience what I experienced. But then I... You have to take into account their tastes, their exactly. preferences, and like... And so now, like I before I make any type of recommendation to people, I try to gauge what what they're into I first. I always ask questions before I yeah. give any recommendation. I'm like, if you... I mean, it could be as simple as like a fantasy tv show or a movie and i'll be like do you like lord of the rings i'll be like no i'll be like okay end of conversation like that well, i won't recommend it. xyz because you're not gonna like it if you don't even like um kind of like foundational um you know broad movies in that genre then why am i gonna give you more of what you don't like so like fair enough yeah. exactly so yeah i've i've kind of strayed away from recommending stuff just off mm. the off the bat, if somebody says, "Oh, do you know of any good shows?" Yeah, like I, I start asking questions first. Yes, and 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 then I'll go into a recommendation. Absolutely, but, it's our yeah, own the, algorithm because Netflix is yeah. reading you. All these all these platforms are gaining so much information about your habits and your preferences. And if you're gonna talk to somebody face to face on a recommendation. You have to do the same thing. You have to like weed out like what. Well, what did you feel about Walking Dead? Do you how do you feel about gore and like you know violence and TV shows? So then I'm not going to recommend this. And um, did you watch Breaking Bad? Yes or no? Like it, it. You kind of have to go the route of what Netflix and all these other like streaming platforms are doing behind the scenes is they're taking into account your watch history and yes you know, what you're looking at, what you're spending time on. And you just can't do that. You just can't recommend something off the cuff to somebody don't don't know their history. Exactly. And so, uh, just, but I still will say this, though, <laughs> just putting it out there. Um, if you do like, you know, broad, very slapstick and almost like, you know, irreverent comedy, 30 Rock would be right up your alley. Yeah. And if you enjoy, like, you know, seeing growth in characters and seeing, you know. <laughs> it, a, it takes time. It takes time. It takes its time. It takes its time. But you see growth in characters. You see the struggle, internal struggles of certain characters. And it's a period piece. And it's a period piece. Then Mad Men is for you. So, you know, that's just if you like those type of things, mm -hmm. then I would recommend those type of shows. Mm -hmm.